Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jackson, uh, Chris Kerber joining us? Yes, sir. Oh, Chris Kerber is with us. Good morning, Kerbs. Morning, Tim. I'm sitting here wondering, how many wears should you get in a pair of jeans before you have to wash them? Wow, I really like this question. This is one I can ponder for a while. Oh, Jackson uh, Jackson will give us the, the Ledoux perspective. Uh, what is the answer at Horton Watkins? I think as long as you don't get any major spills, or, you know, you get mud on them or something at the bottom. I think you could go a good six, seven wearers before washing them. Well, I, I got to be honest with you as a that South City, fair. and I, 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 go, I, go, I go above that. I need to be transparent with the audience. I go above that. Yeah. I mean, you're not supposed to wash denim that often, so I guess it just depends on how not, you wear them. Wait, seriously? You're not supposed to wash, wash denim that often? I've never heard that, Curbs. I'd never heard that. I think Jackson might just be making things up here on the air. I've been doing my laundry since I was like 10 years old. I've never heard that. Yeah. These fashion tips, you pick these up and we'll do high school. These are some of the, just the little nuggets you pick up. See, I would think after about, I kind of like, I think after, after about four or five wearings, you can probably get away with more wearings. The problem is it starts to creep into your head like, Man, I really probably ought to wash these things. <laughs> so, so now, I got the same thing going with like, sheets myself. I got the same thing going with sheets ooh. and pillowcases. Boy, that's a see sheets and pillowcases. That's one where you that one you got to do more a little more often. Like at least I agree with on you on those because because that's that after a while that just that just doesn't even smell fresh going to bed. That's that's no good. Jackson, what's the uh, ruling on that? Uh, I think it actually depends on if you shower at night or in the morning. If you shower at mm. night, I think you can get away with like maybe two or three times a month. If you shower in the morning, I would go once a week. Wow, nice. Wow, we're getting great information here. I've never gotten this kind of information Jackson, on this show. You got it. Jackson's got a lot of stipulations and things. How complicated is your life, or is it actually? <laughs> no, this is like the most. This is like the most difficult thing I think about is minute stuff like this. Oh. So. It's, this is this okay. If this is as hard as it gets, you're doing okay. Just yeah, it's right in my wheelhouse. Did you say minute? Uh, I didn't mean to if I did. <laughs> Could have sworn like a reference to Manute Bowl. <laughs> well, he got and his son. Are we talking about minutia? Minutia? That's that's more likely the word I'm talking about. Okay. I, just I don't think sure about English, so like, you know, this, these things just come naturally to me. <laughs> they just immediately pop out. Chris Kerber's with us, and he's with us every Tuesday here on the program. Craig Berube uh, talked about the situation for the Blues, and uh, and he was talking about how things have gone from less than a year ago to really battling with the eventual Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche to where things have, have wound up, and uh, just not something that he anticipated. Um, I'm going to ask you, 
in a bit of reverse engineering um, to give me your perspective, Curbs, on when you started to wonder if the 2022-2023 season may not go the direction most Blues fans thought at the beginning of the season that it was going to go. Not that people thought that this was necessarily a Stanley Cup contender, but I think people thought it was certainly a playoff contender. Did you get a sense for that in October? Obviously, there was the losing streak, but did you see flashes of things that maybe stood out to you? I think for me, Tim, it was the eight-game losing streak. Uh, I thought, honestly, after the first few games of the season, and I know it was early, but I'm like, oh, hey, this team might have actually some, some, some good stuff to it. And then... That eight-game losing streak, and it was the fact, to me, it was, whoa, this doesn't even look right. It doesn't feel right. None of these yeah. teams even got overtime. And you saw you saw a different demeanor on the bench at times during that losing streak and things. And, and then from that point on, really until that second consecutive home game against Calgary, at the beginning of that seven-game homestand, this team was fighting and clawing and doing everything it could to stay relevant despite constantly getting hit with things to derail it, whether it be poor defensive play, whether it be one guy after another having a bad game, creating the fatal mistake in a game, uh, whether it be injuries. But even after that very first game against Calgary at the beginning of that homestand, while, while again, none of it felt right from that eight-game losing streak up until that point to me, even during that longer winning streak, you're like, okay, maybe. But nothing felt like you were getting traction, if this makes any sense. Sure. And and you thought, well, if they're going to do something, it has to be now. And when they won that first home game against Calgary, who was just on the outside with the Blues looking in. Right, right. The Blues had pulled to within five points of a playoff spot and got themselves to win three. But at that point after that win – they were also just three points. They were just three points out of third place in the Central Division. This isn't that long ago. They were, yeah. they were uh, less they, than two so months ago. Just, it was less than two months ago. Right. They were just three points away from a guaranteed playoff spot, not even the wild card battle. Um, then they lost that second game to Calgary, and then you're like, okay, we've seen this before, and I don't think the game has looked anywhere close or good since. That game, that yeah. game, that second yeah. loss to Calgary is the one that just seemed to totally, you know, just just pop the balloon for whatever reason. And I don't think it was their sense. So, uh, honestly, I, I don't know that even during that seven-game win streak, you saw flashes, you, you saw enough flashes of a game that made you say, man, th- there wasn't a feel around the team, Tim. Uh, it, it, you'd go to practices, you'd go in the room. Like, there wasn't a vibe. And – as much as you hate pointing back to 2019, but I can point back to 2020. I can point back to 2016, right? Um, You you know, when they went on that, that playoff run with that original core with, with Bacchus and company, like there was vibes around those teams. There was a level of maturity and, and go get itness. And and honestly, that's just not something I felt around this team this year. That's uh, that's intriguing because I, I would imagine when you were talking losing streak, I immediately just thought the, the beginning of the season. But you're right. And it is weird to think. And you emphasized it by saying it wasn't that long ago. And you're right. It was less than two months ago that the Blues had put themselves in that position where they were kind of not kind of. I mean, they were lurking 
in the playoff race. And then it just spiraled. And it really was that that homestand in in January. What did you think of what Doug Armstrong had to say when the the trade deadline uh, came and went and and talked about, you know, letting the fan base know that, hey, this is not necessarily going to be uh, an immediate turnaround. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford with us yesterday was saying that mo- for the most part, fans understand that, are appreciative of the fact that there was this run of sustained success with uh, a core group of players and now know that the organization is going to go through some semblance of a transition. Uh, what did you think of uh, Armstrong's uh, comments, Curbs, and, uh, and your interactions with uh, fans on their uh, perception and understanding of where things are at the moment? Well, I think Doug Armstrong has been very upfront and forward with the fans whenever he talks. I don't think there's a whole lot of baloney in him. And um, I look if if I'm being really fair to the whole process, I think if there if the fans if there was a right for the fans to question one thing or at least to ask this question, it would be this: Could the Blues have fought organizationally, front office wise? have fought a little bit harder, taken some more risks to keep this core together a little bit longer. And and that's one we're not going to know yet for a little while, and maybe down the road it's a question for Doug, you know, later. But that's that, that to me would be, I think, a fair question. When you see what, you know, you see what, what Boston can, has continued to do and, and, and where they're at and how they're doing it. And, I mean, again, they lost Star, They lost Krug. I mean, they – they went through some changes of their own, right? And and look at and they they lost Ra- Tuka Rask, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're still they're still where they are. So I and I and look at where Pittsburgh is now. Pittsburgh may miss the playoffs this year, but look at the longer run they had. Look at what Pittsburgh did in did in oh eight oh nine, you know, uh, and then and then the two Stanley Cups that they won, you know, just a few years ago. So did they do enough? I don't know. I don't know. That's a philosophical question. To Doug's point, here's a flip side. Look at where Washington has been since they won the Cup the year before the Blues. Just really haven't gotten anything back. They went on that great run, and it was worth it all. The Blues lost their chance, in my opinion, to really defend with their core group in 2020 with COVID. Yep. Yep. That, that, that yep. to me, you know, with COVID, with Steen, with Bo Meester, with those guys, that, that to me was that. I think they tried to hang on. What Doug Armstrong's done is just taken a very honest approach. Now, whether you agree with Doug or not, that's a, that that I think is a great debate to sit at the bar with your buddy, have a beer, and 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 really get at. I think it's great debate. But boy, he made a decision, didn't he? He just looked yeah. at him and he said it was very decisive. It was I'm not going to hang on to a bunch of unrestricted free agents, even though they are still very good quality players, right? And then just and linger around and try and hope. He goes, I'm going to make a decision and turn this direction of this team around now. And in doing so, I think that decisiveness is going to make this a much shorter turnaround than it would be. In other words, will you set up the next 10 years of a good successful run like the last 10 have been for the St. Louis Blues? Are you better off by hanging on to Snuggerud, Bullduke, and a high draft pick versus trading some of those guys to get some bodies in and trying to compete with Edmonton, Colorado, New Jersey, and these teams that are now starting to make it all these teams that have had four, five, six top 10 picks over the last seven, eight years because they've been bad. Are you able to compete against them? And I don't think the feeling based on speed of the game and where the game is that that was there. So, 
you, we can disagree, we can agree, you can debate the the decision, but I do think you have to appreciate the decisiveness of what they're doing and the timing of when they're doing it, in my opinion. Yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, as a, as a Missouri football fan, for example, you're like, okay, I'm thinking things might be going the right direction. Then you see Alabama play Georgia, and you go, oh, my God, there is a gap. And last night, if anybody was watching Buffalo and Edmonton, you just saw a speed and an offensive style that at this particular moment, the 2022-2023 Blues before the trade deadline with, you know, Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Barbashev, they just weren't there. It is a different level at this moment. And I, I, I listen, I hate the way the season wound up playing out, but I love the decisiveness and the direction that they are now taking considering the set of circumstances. And it does seem to me, Curbs, that the vast majority of Blues fans – are on board with it. Well, we, we have an educated fan base. We have we have we have an educated sports base in St. Louis. Yeah, you know, and and I think they they can appreciate that. I, I think. Well, actually, I don't think I know they appreciate that. So again, there might be angst, there might be disappointment, you know, and 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 some frustration along the way. I, I understand that, but. You, it's a fan base that understands the math, right? You know, look, the, the lunatic fringe, it's going to be loud on sports talk radio in terms of their, their texting in or, or loud on social media, you know, about let this happen, let that happen. That, that, honestly, that's, that's a small group of what is a larger, really educated fan base that, that understands this process. And, and again, here, here's the other thing, though, Tim. If this was 05, 06, where you've gone – and maybe you had traded some of those guys away. The Blues are not where the Detroit Red Wings eventually finished up when Datsukri left and went to the KHL and Zetterberg retired. They hung on as long as they could hang on with those two guys and eventually just fell out. This isn't the Buffalo Sabres. This isn't the Edmonton Oilers. This isn't the New Jersey Devils. This isn't even and, – and while Doug's reference the L.A. Kings, you know the L.A. Kings since going to the Stanley Cup final with Barry Melrose in, in – in 93, when they lost to Montreal, that's like 28 years ago. They missed the playoffs in 18 of them. Like 18 of them. They only made the playoffs 10. Yeah, yeah, they won two cups. They only made the playoffs 10 times in 28 years. Uh, So to me, uh, the the timing of this is so different because you've got Tyroo. You've got Thomas. You still have Butchnevich and Shen. You know, you still have a defensive core that, frankly, I, I just cannot imagine next year would be as bad as this year has been. This one just snowballed, and they haven't been able to get it. You've got a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. Then you've got Snuggerud. You've got Bolduc. You've got these players that the Blues are finding out, man, that we really hit some, probably got some really good picks in that 19-20-22 range in the draft. It's a different scenario now, and I think the fans understand that. Yeah, I, uh, that's a good analysis of where it is, how it compares and contrasts not just to previous blue situations, but also these other organizations and, and where things have been. Really enjoyed the conversation, Curbs. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Blues, Coyotes going at it. Uh, Curbs on the call, Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Always appreciate it, man. Thanks so much, Curbs. Thanks, fellas. Going to go wash some jeans. <laughs> Thanks, there he is, Chris Kerber, with us here on 101 ESPN. All right, we'll take a commercial break. Come back with uh, the Little Piddles Sports Business Newsletter. Bingo. All right, I'm looking forward to digging into Bingo. this. That's the second half of Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on 101 ESPN. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.